0: Hi, this is On Mike with Jordan Rich, celebrating the grace and beauty of creative conversation with very fine guests like the one we have today. His name is Doug Ross. He's a Boston-based strategy and innovation advisor. He's also an entrepreneur himself and a mentor to early stage entrepreneurs. Doug is a terrific guy and a good friend of mine, and he's written his first book called Spark, Click, Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life. And the Spark Click Go concept is designed to help people of all stripes, whether it be big business or small, develop a worthy creative pursuit, one that reflects you as a person and brings value to the customers and to society. You should visit www.sparkclickgo.com anytime. Check out the book and check out what Doug has to say. In fact, you can do that right now because we're about to go on mic with the author of Spark Click Go, Mr. Douglas Ross. So nice to have you here, Doug. You and I are pals outside of the studio. It's nice to have you on my turf, and I can't wait to talk to you about Spark, Click, Go. The first thing I'll mention to the audience is how much fun it is to read. Uh, There's a lot of humor. Is that that Canadian humor that we're hearing in there? Oh,
1: I hope so. (laughs) Thank you, Jordan.
0: It reads very funny, and I I found a lot of the stuff to be exceedingly entertaining. So let's talk about where you're from. What part of Canada?
1: Uh, Western Canada, grew up in Calgary, Alberta, so right in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, Um, and then moved out to Toronto, and then the States, and have been here since 2003.
0: So the first question is vital. Calgary Flames, Toronto...
1: Maple Leafs. Maple
0: Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, who are we going for?
1: Ah, well, you know, this year I had to say my support was for the Canadians. Um, They made it all the way to the finals, so it was kind of Team Canada, the proxy for Team Canada. They uh, fell short, but they made it to the big show.
0: The fact that Florida beat Canada is something wrong in that equation. We'll figure that out on our own later, okay? It shouldn't happen that way. Sounds good. Let's talk Spark Click Go, how to bring your creative business idea to life. There have been numerous books and programs and, uh, and YouTube sessions on how to be successful. But this starts at the beginning, at the idea stage, doesn't it?
1: It does, yes, absolutely. So uh, this can help people to know if the idea they have is a worthwhile idea and how to develop that idea and take it right out to the market and even scale up uh, you know, to be a large enterprise or a smaller enterprise that meets their uh, particular financial needs.
0: I've known people that I've referred to as idea people or the idea man. He's always there with an idea, but then he doesn't follow through. <laughs> right. right. We all know people like that. Uh, there's advice in the book that helps us get from the idea stage, though, to the click and the go stage. Why don't we define what spark, click, go actually means?
1: Well, uh, spark, click, go, it's its really... Uh, It's the creative process brought to business. So the spark part is there's a need uh, or there's an idea that somebody has. Click is all about the development of that idea, testing of it, uh, testing of a business model, for example, maybe the branding, that type of thing. And when all of that is clicking, Jordan, with the important audiences, it's really time that you can go even bigger with your business.
0: One thing I'll say, there's a lot of practical advice it's not just theory is it i mean you you base a lot of this on your own experiences uh, as a business consultant. I uh,
1: Yes, I do as a business consultant and as a business practitioner. So my unique perspective is uh, I've worked in the corporate world and I've brought a lot of uh, new products to market. So that's the same sort of thing. You've got to start very early. You know, what is the customer, all of that? How do we get the message out? All of those sorts of things. Uh, working in startups, leading startups. I'm currently embedded with an early stage enterprise. And yes, I've also been a consultant as well over the years. So it's uh, it's that's the perspective that I bring to the book.
0: All right, let's talk peanut butter. Can we, please? Okay, sure. It's important now that we focus on peanut butter because that's the first story. It's your story as a kid. Yeah. Share it with us.
1: Well, uh, when I was a kid, uh, grade school, I had a neighbor, and we thought that uh, wouldn't it be fun to make peanut butter cups and take them to school, sell them at recess, kind of thing. Uh, it was an early idea that we had, and we went all the way from you know how do we make these things. We weren't exactly culinary experts, um, so we you know we had the trial and error of that. We were fortunate; our mothers supplied the ingredients. We had the kitchens, of course, and we figured out a good way to uh, make these peanut butter cups. Luckily, we had no shortage of testers in our immediate (laughs) environment. Of course, ourselves, you know, they had to be good from our perspective. Uh, We had numerous siblings that also uh, tested the various versions of the peanut butter cups before we knew we had something that we could make and take to school, which we did. and, And it was a hit.
0: Yeah. So there's the first uh, example of spark, click, go. Uh, the spark, though, on the peanut butter cups, was it a Reese's peanut butter cup spark or was it – I mean, because I don't think that's the most original idea you've ever had.
1: Right, exactly. And and that's right. It was the Reese's peanut cup butter cups that gave us that sort of inspiration. That's But, true.
0: but it doesn't – that's the point. It doesn't have to be a totally original idea. Because, as they say, almost every song has been written, but there's always a new one coming around the corner.
1: Right. Very, very true. I agree with that. And, you know, originality is fantastic. If you can achieve that, that's going to help you a lot. But what I say, Jordan, is if it's an imaginative imaginative twist on something, if you're bringing something new to the game, and especially if it reflects you as a person, that's really going to help you to stand out and attract people to your offering.
0: Let's let's. let's. Let's talk about that, Doug. What reflects you as an individual, as an idea person? Some of you should be part of that, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. So your personality, your taste, your style, um, you know, there's always this thing, you know, what is, what do we name a business? Even the name you come up with could be a reflection of you, the branding that you go with, the the messaging, the the look and the feel of your business place, um, maybe the types of people you hire. It it should all reflect on you and I was um, you know you said that the book was a good reflection of me and I was pleased to, to hear you say that, that yes yeah.
0: Your personality, uh, and again, people are meeting you maybe for the first time on the podcast here, but I can attest your personality is is outgoing, friendly, and also uh, a bit of a wry sense of humor, dry and wry, and it comes out throughout. Uh, now, one of the early things you talk about is talking about stuff, is literally getting the feel and doing the research, because yeah. an idea is great, but then when you find out that nobody wants to partake in it, maybe it's not so great to go into business. Talk about the, the initial stage.
1: Yeah, I think it is important to start to talk about it, start to shape it. Uh, I saw this a lot. I spent some time in Silicon Valley, quite a bit of time, which also informs this book too, because as you may know, everybody that is in the area has an idea for something and it's a very progressive sort of mindset. Um, At the same time, some people think that they should not talk about their idea, that if they do, someone else will take that idea, steal it from them. Mm. And they will lose out. And and I think that that fear is too big in proportion to uh, what really happens and in, in the benefits of talking about that idea, which are many. You get feedback. Uh, you might go back to the drawing board, as as it were, refine, talk to more people, and that will shape your idea. That's going to help it land on fertile ground when you actually do bring it to life.
0: There is a sense of paranoia among people who are very creative at times that their idea is going to be swamped up by some large corporate entity or or worse, somebody they entrusted, some individual will take it away. But there are safety measures in place, obviously patents, but there are other things, right? Uh,
1: patents, trade secrets, you know, you, you needn't give away all of that, um, the secret sauce of your idea, but you can talk about functionality, you can talk about the, uh, the problem you're trying to solve, the need you're trying to address, how you're doing it, what's different about it. You can talk about a lot of things, Jordan, and I think the benefits you get by doing that are going to far outweigh the risk of losing something.
0: Talking with Douglas Ross, his book, Spark, Click, Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life. And it's a lot of steps, but it's very readable and very understandable. One of the things you talk about is the launch and different kinds of launches. As we speak over the past weekend, as we record this show, Mr. Branson of Virgin Airlines launched himself into space. And the following week on the calendar, it's going to be uh, Mr. Bezos is going to do the same similar kind of thing, although a week late. But that's a different kind of launch than the kind you're talking about. Let's explore that kind of launch.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned that particular launch. I do talk about a sort of a rocket launch, and, and here we had the yep. case of, of Richard Branson literally launching space travel in, in a rocket launch. That's where you really go big. You know, you've worked everything out, and you're ready to put your um, your label on a rocket and go big, and people will come out and watch you, and you're going to hopefully succeed in a big way. Um, but if you don't, you know, you you, you you also are publicly doing that. The other type of uh, launch you may be referring to, though, Jordan, is the what I call a boat launch a launch or more of a release. So this is where you can be a little more targeted. You can, um, you know, uh, the metaphor I like to think about is the ripple in the pond. And you can start small. You can choose which pond you launch in and um, build your connection and connectivity with people there and then go further. Uh, as you go, eventually perhaps building up to some sort of uh, larger uh, event.
0: There's so much ego involved, and it's not a bad uh, thing at all, but there's so much ego when you're creating something, it's yours, it's your baby, so to speak. But if you don't know that there's value in what you've created, that anyone else is going to care, what's important about discovering value?
1: Yeah, um, well, I think the most important thing is value is always determined by the customer. It's always from their perspective. So that's why it is important to talk to customers, early customers, maybe the folks that uh, really are on the edge of their profession, for example, always looking for something new. They're good people to talk to. But if you talk to customers, that is where you'll understand if you are providing value. And you should be talking about two things. benefits that your product service, your creative production brings, uh, as well as what the cost might be. So the price and other things that the uh, customer uniquely experiences and defines.
0: Doug, you talk about selling the idea first before it gets to the consumer to, say, um, a venture capitalist or an angel investor or just someone who is going to be able to back you. And there's a process there, and what are some of the hints that you suggest in the book that people think about?
1: Well, um, that is true. You do need this group on board, the investors, and they often start with yourself. You know, maybe f- friends and family when you're looking for seed capital, that kind of thing. Um, but yes, angel investors. Uh, typically, you would want to find somebody who's interested in your particular area. They share your mission, something you want to see brought out to the world and they may be willing to uh, fund you. And yes, indeed, I do talk about venture uh, venture funds as well and venture capitalists. And they look for particular things. And it's, it's essentially, are you playing in a big enough uh, area? Uh, can your business become big enough for them and potentially be returning 10 times their investment? So they really look for traction. And they're not for everybody, the venture capitalists. Mm. But there's lots of sources of funds out there. And I do cover this in the book uh, to help people figure out what what is the best type of funding that they might get. Uh, there's also the what they call non dilutive funding, which is grant money, that kind of thing, donations, things of this uh, uh, nature through crowdfunding um, that you can. Tap into as well. The best source, though, that I say, Jordan, is really through sales. Sales and repeat sales, if you can finance your venture this way, um, you are not diluting your ownership in the business and also you've proven that you're bringing value to the market.
0: Let's talk a little bit with you about how things have changed with technology over the last uh, five to ten years in the sense that now you can have a meeting with someone in California or Switzerland uh, on a Zoom call. Now you can uh, find information so much more efficiently and quickly. If you wanted a list of venture capitalists in in the New England area, you could probably find that in a second or two, right? Uh, Absolutely. So advantages – or disadvantages or both to where we are technologically?
1: Well, you know, things Change, but they don't change, Jordan. Um, The best way to find your way into some of these funding groups or or persons is through personal introductions, typically. Mm. Um, And it's because the people with the money are being inundated precisely because they can be found easily and lots of folks are going after them for money. So it's a combination. You know, you've got fantastic and unprecedented um, transparency. You can find all of these resources, like you say, with a click. But it's still the personal touch as well that's going to help you, your personal contacts, um, that type of thing. So it's, it's a combination. But I say, Jordan, th- there's never been a better time for people to be creating businesses. There just has not been a better time. There's so much out there in terms of software, uh, in terms of communities of people, in terms of, um, you know, just general knowledge. It's never been better. You can mm-hmm. promote yourself through social media like you couldn't before, build a following, for example, it's it's a, it's a very ripe time for new business creation.
0: Well, you're very positive throughout the book and here with me, I mean, I love that. Um, you talk about uh, marketing, now there are teenagers making millions as influencers, which n- nobody ever heard of a few years ago, yep. uh, and, and uh, the kinds of things that people are doing utilizing the technology are just amazing. So I guess if you're a guy our age, hire a kid. <laughs> <laughs> might not be a bad idea. Uh, might not be a bad idea. Uh, let's talk about mistakes because everybody makes them, mm-hmm. and uh, it's easy to get frustrated. And now I want to take it into the more human realm with you, Doug, because so many times it's it's defeat and failure means oh, I'm done. I'm not going to try it again. <laughs> I mean, it's so – persistence is a, a difficult thing to learn. Edison knew it. Uh, Ernest Hemingway, who had all those notices that he was not wanted, he papered his walls with it, I believe, all the rejection letters. What advice do you have for those people out there who are struggling and thinking it's time to give up?
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. Persistence is one of the critical traits uh, of a successful entrepreneur, there's no question. That's why it's important to pick something that you have some curiosity for, some passion for. Maybe if you look back in recent years or your life, you've always been drawn to. Uh, I think that's important because when the going does get tough, and it is going to get tough, you're going to stick with it. Um, I think the other thing is you need to be open to the um, what you're learning when people are using your idea or thinking about your idea so that you can adapt. You may need to adapt in order to reach a larger goal. Um, but there is a time when, you know, you're knocking your head against the wall, and that is if you've uh, refined what you want to do and people are either are not interested in it, they're not understanding what it is. They're not willing to pay what you want to charge. There is a point when you can say, okay, I've, I've done everything in this particular area. It's time to cut my losses. And what I try to do and counsel people to do in, in the book is in the early phases, without a lot of investment, you can really start to uh, test the waters on this so that if you do decide to move away from a particular idea, you haven't invested your you know, your, uh, your, heart and soul and things uh, into it, not to mention your own personal resources.
0: It's so interesting as you say that I'm thinking of Shark Tank, the most popular show on, I think, Business Network. Anyway, mm-hmm. Shark Tank is a situation where you only get one shot to present your idea you've done all this work and they can either shoot you down and make you feel like miserable loser or you you get this break and a half and they give you a deal it's it's not as cut and dry as shark tank but at the same time you've got to have people in the know giving you guidance. It's okay to ask for help, is what I'm saying.
1: I think it's absolutely okay to ask for help, and if you look on Shark Tank, there are common things that they really get excited about. And that is, oh, is there a proven market here? Are there enough people interested in this? Have you been able to sell to some of those folks? Do you maybe have distribution set up? What are your cost of goods, and are you going to make enough money really so that the juice is worth the squeeze here? So they're they're really are some common elements, uh, Jordan, that people can understand before they go into a Shark Tank type of situation or in front of investors that mm. that are going to get the kind of response that you want.
0: In Spark Click Go, you also talk about human capital, talent, which is, I think, the one of the most challenging things. You know, finding the right mix of people and and delegating the right responsibilities to those people.
1: Yes, and I do talk about this. Uh, One of the things I do in the book is I draw from different areas uh, when I talk about um, bringing your creative business idea to life so it's not always business examples. And when I talk about talent, I use the metaphor of bands um, because you've seen people know them, they can relate to them. Uh, John Lennon, uh, Paul McCartney, for example, that's a classic one. They were really the heart. They were the two people that drove uh, the beat they had the um, songwriting capability as well as the performance and of course they brought in uh, others into the um, into the fray uh, you know uh Ringo Starr, George Harrison, of course, they had a producer as well. So I talk about this because really it's a pair that might be the optimal number of founders uh, for any new business. Uh, there's lots of benefits to that. You know, if something's not done and you didn't do it, you know it's the other guy who who dropped the ball on that. Uh, maybe three people with different um, sets of talent might be another sort of good number of folks to mm. start with for a business. When you start getting larger than that for the founders, founding uh, team, that's pretty big. And you may think of uh, just having those folks coming in as early staff. Uh, so mm-hmm. I do talk about those models. Talent is essential, of course.
0: At this point in our conversation, and we're, we're talking about all kinds of creative pursuits, would you be able to list a couple of examples? Uh, first of those that followed the Spark Click Go, even before you wrote the book, maybe people in your experience. Let's talk about a uh, uh, an experience um, a company or two or an idea or two that made it.
1: Well, there's one called Stitch Fix which which is really bringing big data to the fashion world and this was something that started relatively small. How can we how can we kind of become the Netflix for fashion? Mm. So making recommendations to people and figuring out what the uh, what the business model might be and trying this in in small ways before Uh, building it larger. So that particular business started with uh, a group. It was women, and the the founder was a woman as well. And so she really thought she could connect with that audience and started to marry this data component with bringing fashion to women. So it was tested. And then because she had thought about the scalability of it at the beginning, by bringing all these data elements into it, as it started to connect with customers and they had re business and all of this um, she was able to scale the business uh, phenomenally so this is a good example of of spark click go Um, you know the model there was basically we give you clothes you get to try them on you can send them back with maybe low cost or if you have a subscription no cost so it took out all of some of the hassles of buying things online that would be an example of uh, spark click go
0: Pardon the pun, but how to have the market sewn up, I guess, right? There you go. There you go. They've can, got it. can you now alternately talk about an example of a company or an idea that didn't go well because they didn't follow some of the practical that you talk
1: about? Sure. Well, one I talk about in the book is Neil Young. Um, so not from his um, musical perspective, but he had a a... a musical player called Pono. And the Pono player was something that he brought out because he, uh, and you might relate to this as a as a person who does most of your work in sound, uh, he thought that the MP3s, this was around the time when Apple was first making uh, music available, mostly mm-hmm. as singles, things like that, as MP3s. He thought the sound quality was just not anywhere close to what the musicians recorded in the studio. And so he thought bringing out this player, which had, you know, uh, which at least attempted to reproduce this would have a big market. And it turned out it didn't. And the reason for that was because not enough people in the audience would be audiophiles. What they wanted was the ability to buy singles, you know, build a library, that kind of thing. They were looking for convenience uh, more so than high sound quality.
0: Yeah, I think the ultimate point in all of this is you've got to know the audience you're going after. You've got to know what they want, how they react, and, and those reactions will change over time. But if you don't know your audience, same thing for a performer. If you don't know who you're playing to, then you're likely to, to bomb. It's not going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. So spark, click, go. Uh, there are uh, flags, buttons, and must be all kinds of uh, stuff that people can put on their refrigerators, right? Are the magnets available yet? Because <laughs> it's such a, it's a, it's a catchy title. That's why I, I was asking if there's a whole media campaign that we're going to see. Billboards and, uh, <laughs> and Harvard Business School is going to have T-shirts that say Spark, click, go.
1: I, I would love to At it, HBS.
0: Jordan. Well, see, I'm an idea man. I'm just giving you ideas.
1: Hey, I love it. Let's go and, out and test it.
0: And by the way, this is your first book, right? It is. And I wrote a first book, and we were writing them at the same time. What does it feel like to have an actual book? I'm holding it in my hand right now. Does that... How does that feel to you?
1: Uh, it feels great. Uh, I'm really proud of the book. It feels terrific to have something that is the net result of uh, thousands of individual decisions and 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 you know hours as well. I really, I, I really feels good to have in my hand. Um, it's a complete package. Uh, You know, some of the early reviewers of the book have called it um, holistic, and I really do try to cover the grounds from uh, beginning to end. So, um, yeah, it feels great, Jordan.
0: Final point, get your reflection on this, Doug. Uh, We're here in the great U.S. of A., and you're a North American by birth, so we include—you're an American citizen, but we include you here. Um, The dream isn't dead, and a lot of people are attacking the capitalist approach— This is still the greatest opportunity land out there, isn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, fertile ground for for startups, for businesses of all sizes. Um, It's just fantastic for that. And, you know, you talk about the – what is the state of capitalism? What I do talk about in this book, I have a definition for what a creative business idea is, and it includes some sort of societal benefit. And I think that's to some degree been missing in the if you go purely capitalistic. Um, so this is a component of uh, of what a creative business idea this, is.
0: This is a trend. You're right. Yeah. The NGOs uh, overseas, uh, people that are creating businesses that have an environmental environmentally positive impact, a people-positive impact, uh, there's definitely room for that. I'm all in when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I, oh, yes, I know, because you're you're giving the proceeds of your book to the children's hospital.
0: Oh, yeah. Here. I mean, that's a small gesture, but it makes sense for you to do something. Because First of all, it's good for business. If you're creating an, in, an industry or a business or an idea, a concept that not only uh, provides you with income and makes you a success— but it also helps the people around you. I think that's what attracts customers, and you say that very clearly in the book.
1: Thank you. Yes.
0: Well, you say a lot of things very clearly, even though you say against because you're from Canada. I notice those things. I pick up a few of your. There's Canadians. there's a
1: few. I'm sure there's a lot of. Them.
0: I didn't hear too many a's though. A. Eh? That I don't use too <laughs> much. Or not too many of boats either. I'd usually we get an, uh, an a boat or two. I'm so glad we had a chance to do this. This was great fun. And, Doug, tell us how we can find out more about Spark Click Go, the movement, the book, and everything else.
1: Oh, thanks, Jordan. Uh, You can go to sparkclickgo.com. That's the easiest thing to do. You could go straight to Amazon and type in SparkClickGo as well. Those are two methods, and you can get in touch with me through the SparkClickGo.com website.
0: And again, the subtitle is How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life. It's all about passion for what you do, and I love that. So good. Thank you so much, my friend.
1: Thank you, Jordan.
0: So nice hanging with Doug Ross, Boston-based strategy and innovation advisor, quite the mentor, and the author of the book, Spark, Click, Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life. Once again, visit sparkclickgo.com. And once again, thanks to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to Ken Carberry at Chart Productions, and to you for being out there listening, for subscribing, and also for reviewing the podcast. Can't thank you enough for that. To find out more about me, the podcast, my book, and much more, visit jordanrich.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-R-I-C-H.com. Hey, until next time, and there will be lots of those, this is Jordan Rich saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Take care.